Welcome back. I'm India Yarbrough, and you're listening to It's Your Business. Today on the show, we're talking small business and social media, and it's a conversation you don't want to miss. I'm here today with Sheila Ellis Glasper, founder and CEO of SEG Media Collective. Her business is based in Manhattan, Kansas, but serves clients throughout the northeast part of the state. We're talking with her today about the power of social media and how small businesses can harness that power to grow their operations. Sheila, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you on. Thank you for inviting me, India. I'm excited to be on. Awesome. Well, Sheila, to start, could you tell us uh, tell us a bit more about SEG Media Collective? I mean, when and why did you get it started? For sure. So my background actually is in journalism, and I graduated from K-State with my degree in journalism. I was a reporter for several years uh, before I crossed over into marketing. And so the way I crossed over into marketing was I actually started a online handmade jewelry business. It was back when Instagram was brand new and Etsy was brand new. And so blending those two uh, together, I bootstrapped my own marketing efforts and PR efforts as a new business owner and was able to grow that business to where we had thousands of followers all over the world, uh, shipping out our products all over. Uh, We had several celebrity endorsements, and it was just an amazing experience for me to learn business firsthand. And so from there, I ended up uh, going into marketing full time, working as a social media manager at Kansas State University. Um, And I loved doing that. I did that for several years um, before working as a small business, uh, working with the small business Development Center here in Manhattan um, and based out of Topeka at the Washburn um, Small Business Development Center. And I worked as a social media consultant working with small businesses. And that is really when I realized that this was my passion of helping small businesses and uh, nonprofit organizations with their social media strategy and their branding. And so from there, I got to create a lot of strategies for businesses, but my job was the consultant. I was not the implementer. And so that is where uh, I realized that there was a business in this. A lot of my clients wanted help with social media management um, beyond what I could provide them with just a strategy. They're like, this is great, but who's going to implement this? I'm a busy business owner. I don't have anyone on my team that can do all of these things. And so would you do it? And so that's kind of how I started um, SEG Media Collective five years ago. Um, Myself and my husband, Jermaine Glasper, were co-owners of the business. Gotcha. And coming from that consulting background and social media management at K-State, getting the business started a few years back, um, can you talk a little bit about how you've grown and expanded since then? I mean, imagine, I imagine you would go from kind of a handful of clients to, to many more and, and many more employees, too. Can you talk a little bit about that growth? Sure. And so we grew very fast. Um, actually, our first client was based in Topeka. Um, it was a Um, company in Topeka that has over 40 locations across the United States um, in 10 different states. It's actually a funeral service company. And Mm -hmm. that was our first major client um, when we first started. And so we had a handful of 
small businesses that we were working with specifically on social media management, but that particular client was the largest at the time. And so from there, we were able to grow even outside of the Manhattan and Topeka area. Uh, everything we do is digital for the most part. We do have photographers and videographers that we will work with on project basis um, in different states due to our clients being in different places. And so right now um, we are based in Manhattan, Kansas, but we have a satellite office in Kansas City and as in Kansas City, Missouri, as well as uh, clientele in the Denver, Colorado area, um, as well as clientele in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we just started working uh, with some clientele in New York City. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's very exciting to just see um, the growth as far as um, our reach and being able to align with clients that have similar core values as as we do as a company. Um, as a company, we really value inclusion um, and diversity, and we are really starting to see that alignment happening within our agency with our clientele base. And it's really exciting to see that growth. Yeah, when you've you've talked a little bit about kind of what your uh, typical client looks like, I guess, you you know, you mentioned small businesses, you mentioned nonprofits. Um, and, and when it comes to the the scope of services that SCG provides to I mean, you guys offer a lot of different things from logo and web design to, you know, social media management to public relations and marketing uh, consulting. So so lots of different options there for potential clients, I guess. Um, can you touch a little bit more on the when it comes to the typical client, you know, what um, um, of course, geographically, it's it's kind of, you know, expanding. But as far as size of the client goes, I mean, does it still tend to be small businesses? Or are you branching out a little bit more into uh, larger companies? What, what does that look like? I really do believe that um, the core of our business is still um, working with small businesses. As we've grown, um, we've actually grown to kind of like small to mid-sized business. Mm-hmm. And um adding on nonprofits as well, as I was talking about kind of the alignment with some of the core values we have as a company um, that has aligned us with several nonprofit organizations um, and programs that have reached out. And we're excited to partner um, with several nonprofits this uh, year. But as far as our, you know, our typical clientele, it is uh, typically small business, Um, We have kind of a niche in the health arena. We've worked with several clients in the um, senior living and even with childcare. Um, Our range is pretty wide, I guess, when it looks when we look at different industries. And so if I was to like name a few, um, the wedding and event industry is one that we have um, one of our first branding clients actually out of Topeka was the Brownstone Wedding and Event Venue um, Mm -hmm. there and working with the Brown family there in Topeka. I'm originally born and raised in Topeka. And so I love working with Topeka clients. I love um, going to Topeka as often as I can. Uh, The pandemic has kind of 
change that a little bit in being able to do things virtually, but um, we still have several clients in Topeka. Uh, Midwest Barber College is another client of ours that we um, had the pleasure of working with them, and we continue to work with them on their social media management and worked on their rebrand as a college. And so it's pretty wide um, range as far as the different types of industries that we've worked with, but it's really all within um, small business and nonprofit organizations for the most part. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, and you mentioned social media management a, a second ago, and um, I, I do want to stay on that topic for a minute. You know, it, it seems like um, these different social media platforms, I mean, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, et cetera, uh, really have the the power to to make or break a small business. I mean, um, I just kind of, I, to be honest, there have been, you know, a couple of times where, and I imagine this would apply to other people as well, where you, maybe you pass up a business if you can't find them online or, you know, they're not easily searchable or they're not super engaged with their clients digitally. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, why uh, is marketing and social media important important for small businesses and, and how important is it? Sure. I think that even just looking back at this past year with the pandemic, that really uh, put a spotlight on the importance of digital um, digital media presence and social media presence for our businesses. It became a non-negotiable when it comes mm-hmm. to business because everything went digital. And if your business couldn't be found, you know, on social media, on Google, um, businesses needed to use digital um, media to be able to um, communicate with their clientele about updates, letting people know what safety precautions you're taking. I think back to last March and April and even May, our agency was super busy working with all of our clients to update everything and push out a lot of social media um, information and content to let people know that we're being safe, we're taking all the safety precautions. Um, We've had clients that had to close um, during the stay at home order like Midwest Barber College because, you know, barbershops and um, salons had to close. And so just communicating with people and then reassuring people that you're taking all the precautions um, and what those rules, those rules that changed, even when you think about um, event venues and venues and things like that, they had uh, capacity requirements that changed, um, social distancing, all of those things. And how, what's the best way to communicate that, you know, and social media and digital media really just shined through as the best and easiest way to communicate. And I believe that it helped those businesses that were really able to tap in to connecting on social and just being authentic and real. That is something that I preach all the time. Um, Anytime I'm talking to any business owner or organization leader about social media is being authentic. And so uh, being able to relate with your ideal clients or customers and letting them know that, you know, we're in this together. And especially with the pandemic, there was no way for anyone to predict what was really going to happen next. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you had to be really flexible in being able to get that messaging out and get it out fast and still, um, you know, accurately and as fast and efficiently as you could. um, But still trying to keep that genuine uh, connection with the, with a client or customer 
that was the best way to do it is through social. And even when you look at restaurants, um, the restaurant industry and the food industry, they got hit really hard during COVID, but some restaurants actually did even better during this time because they adapted fast. We worked with restaurants and helping them, um, even those that didn't have a website at all, or that their website had no capability of doing uh, to-go orders and uh, delivery and that kind of thing. And seeing these restaurants that were traditionally sit down like experienced restaurants and what do you do to be able to adapt fast to where you can then keep that income coming in and keep your customers coming in. So yeah, I think this last year, social media has just been a non-negotiable for for businesses in general. Yeah, when well, it sounds like, I mean, there are a couple points you just made there. One, being able to to really uh, be authentic. It sounds like there has to be a little bit of to determine your values, determine what you're you're trying to to get out there um, to to then be able to communicate with the the customer authentically. Um, would would you say that's fair? I mean, to, to kind of establish those values, that mission up front before you um, dive into a social media platform. I mean, especially. For us um, as an agency, when we work with a business, that is the very first thing we do is establish um, their their brand voice and their messaging and what that's going to look like and their overall strategy for social media before we really dive into actually um, creating their content strategy and then actually creating content and posting for them. Um, The foundation is really that strategy and that a big important piece is figuring out that brand voice and making sure that that's authentic. For us as an agency, it's really important to understand the companies and the organizations that we're working with and understand them very deeply so that we can communicate in an authentic way for them. And so as far as a business owner, um, that is, you know, considering getting on social or trying to up level um, their social media presence. That is um, something that we really cannot get around. If you look at the number one um, downloaded or the, the newest social media platform that is getting the, the most uh, traction right now is TikTok. Um, all of the social media trends um, and content that's going viral for the most part is coming off of TikTok. And that's because um, it is ungated. Like it's not, um, it doesn't have algorithms yet that's playing around with how you're going to see the content. It's raw. It's not um, this like highly produced content for the most part. It's not. It's a lot of raw, authentic um videos that are entertaining or inspiring and it does what social is supposed to do. And so that is why you will look and see these trends starting there and then they trickle on to other platforms like Instagram, like Facebook later on. And um, that's because people want to connect with people. And any business or organization we work with, we tell people you cannot hide behind your logo. You have to have some connection and people aren't going to connect with a logo. Like, yes, the logo is a foundation of your brand, but when it comes to social and engaging with people, there's got to be someone or some, there has to be some, uh, you have to humanize the brand in some way. And social is the best, greatest place to do that. Yeah. Well, and, um, that, that, 
trend during the the pandemic of kind of a, a heightened awareness, I guess, of the power of social media on the part of small businesses. Uh, do you expect that to continue moving forward, you know, as we dive even deeper into to this digital age we're in the midst of? Yeah, I think that it's just going to continue to become more and more ingrained into our daily lives. I think right now, um, social media has never been more ingrained into our society as it is now. And it's just going to continue. And I think that the platforms are doing a decent job at considering mental health effects, because that is something too, that has been like a negative for people, um, you know, when it comes to social media, but I think too much of anything is not a good thing. So like, Mm -hmm. You know, you ha- everything is in moderation. And so when social media becomes an addiction and it's a thing that, you know, you can't take a break from and you're finding yourself constantly on it, you can't be productive because you're spending too much time on it, you know, that's, that is a whole different issue. But I think that these platforms are trying to um, consider the, the mental health aspect of it. And as long as people and us as a society, we can kind of balance that out. There's so much power in social media. I mean, even for myself, when I think back to the jewelry business that I had, I had zero budget for advertising. I definitely couldn't have hired an agency at the time. And so I had to figure out how I was going to promote my products and connect with people. And Instagram allowed me to do that. And I had to learn it on the ground. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to grow that business. And I wouldn't be able to have uh, pivoted. I wouldn't have been able to make that pivot in my career the way that I did. And so social media is so powerful in so many different ways. And I just think that balance piece is what's needed to, um, you know, continue to have it as ingrained in our society as it is to look at it more in a positive way. Well, and as far as, you know, social media use goes, or even, you know, when it comes to getting started with social media, um, when, you know, do you have a a central message or a central uh, piece of advice that you try to get across uh, to clients when you engage with them and, and talk with them about social media? Yeah, I think, you know, what we were talking about, earlier about being able to connect with your audience um, in an authentic way. That is, you know, what I say all the time to our clients. And it's something that I'm pretty upfront about. Um, There have been clients that haven't really, you know, not everyone's going to be a perfect fit um, for us as an agency, because we do push um, being authentic and being genuine on social media. And that takes some requirement from the client to be able to participate in that. And so um, I would say that is kind of a common theme. Um, A great example is our client Midwest Barber College in Topeka. Uh, Lucy Opit is the uh, director there and as well as the owner operator. And her story about her coming from Kenya and how she was a student at Midwest Barber College and they were going to close the college and she wouldn't let that happen. And she went ahead and she did what she needed to do to purchase it and how passionate she is about the students and how passionate she is about the opportunity that barbering can give people, um, you know, through this education to become their own boss and to own their future. And 
working with the Barber College was so um, special to us to be able to really help them tell their story and help them create their brand. It was more than just doing a rebrand and making a pretty, you know, logo. It was digging down deep into what that story is behind the brand and behind the company and letting that story shine through in their you know, across all platforms when it comes to PR for interviews, um, when it comes to their website, their social media, their print materials, all of that, it all, you know, they're all pieces to the puzzle. And so that was really, you know, one example, but there are many examples within our clientele where we really push storytelling. And I think that that comes from my uh, journalism background of digging to find that story and that common ground to get that message out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, we know anecdotes draw the reader in, right? (laughs) And so uh, it's the same, same concept there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, well, and as far as the, um, of course, you've touched on how social media can can help you connect authentically with maybe a broader range of potential customers than you might have uh, otherwise. Uh, Do you have any stories you might be able to share of kind of um, small businesses that were able to scale up, that were able to grow kind of after using social media, after putting some of that to the test? Yeah, for sure. One of our clients based in Minneapolis, Minnesota is XLFeet.com, and it's an e-commerce based business um, that ships uh, shoes all over the world. And they actually do, they specialize in men's shoes size 13 and up. And then they have like extra wide widths um, of shoes for the typical person that couldn't just walk in the store and buy a pair of 16 shoes off of the wall, he gives them a whole experience to be able to, you know, feel like a, a human buying shoes. And, you know, that's really cool about um, that company, but we were able to work with them and through their digital media presence. So the social media is a part of the digital media, but as well as their website and, you know, how they're appearing on search um, on Google and all of that, it all came together for them to be able to ship their shoes all over the country, all over the world. They have uh, customers all over and people connect with them on social media through that. And um, they have a storefront there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as a large warehouse. And so they have been able to grow their business into a multi seven figure um, a year uh, producing revenue um, business, as well as just being able to have customers. They actually have had customers fly from Australia just to get to their store in Minneapolis so that they could have that experience of being able to choose any shoe that's in the room that they know it's going to fit them um, and have that shopping experience. And so there would be no other way for them to even know about this company if it wasn't for digital media, their web presence and their social media presence connecting them. Yeah. So, I mean, it can take you from from not even just searching for clients in your area, but but clients worldwide, internationally and other countries. Um, That can be huge, I imagine. Yeah. Um, Building that community 
is really huge. And even when you look at examples, I mean, some people will say, well, I'm a local business, you know, and I'm just based in Topeka with a brick and mortar, but every single business has the opportunity to grow outside of their brick and mortar, whether they create some kind of product. Any business can really create a product, even if it's a service-based business, it could be an ebook or, um, you know, e-learning, um, you know, many courses that they deliver through video online and people pay for that. Every service-based business could really have that um, international appeal if that was in their goal to do so. And the only way to do that is through digital and social media to be able to reach people that are not right around the corner in your local area. Um, one, I, I do to get away from social media for a second, you know, I'm, um, you of course are an entrepreneur and I'm, I'm curious, you know, with this being a business podcast, um, on the entrepreneurship side of things, I mean, do you have any, um, advice when it comes to starting your own business? I mean, for, for people out there who may be considering taking that leap, is there any, uh, you know, piece of advice that you might like to offer? For sure. Um, one piece of advice um, that I think really helps, especially in the beginning stages, is just uh, three simple words. It's start by starting. <laughs> and mm. I think a lot of times um, aspiring entrepreneurs, aspiring business owners uh, can get intimidated by all of the things that you have to do to get started. And it can almost... Um, it can almost just be so much of a barrier to overcome that people just continue on and they have the desire to be a business owner. They have that thing inside of them where they know there's something more that I want um, besides my nine to five job every day. There's something more for me and I want to get to that. And it's that just being able to tap into that desire and like manifest it to become a real thing. Um, it, you really just have to take that leap of faith and start by starting. Even if you start your business as a side hustle or a side gig while you are working your full-time job, that will help you build up your confidence and kind of test the concept out to see, is this really what I want to do? Because I get that question a lot from people that are struggling with, their full-time employment and they kind of feel like there's more for me. I, I know I want to, I want to do business. I, I want to start a business, but I'm just not sure how. And so that is my advice always is start by starting and a great place to start is just by researching people that inspire you that are like doing what you want to do and listening to things like this, like your business podcast, where you can hear from entrepreneurs that are um, doing this in real life and kind of gleaning some of that information and, um, you know, writing out your plan and giving yourself a deadline. Like, giving yourself some accountability. I was talking to a friend that's getting ready to launch a podcast and I told her she has everything all together. She has the logo. She has everything ready for the podcast. It's just getting over that hurdle of actually starting it. And so mm -hmm. I told her to just launch uh, a graphic, just letting people know on social that this will be launching on this date so that it's out there and that you have the accountability because now that you put it out there into the atmosphere, like, now it has to happen. So it's just like start by starting. 
start by starting. I love that. Um, yeah, well, and, uh, you know, reading over your, I did glance over your bio, of course, on SCG's website beforehand. And, um, you know, on this topic of entrepreneurship still, I was interested in your um, Black Entrepreneurs of the Flint Hills organization that I understand you founded. I was uh, wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that, uh, you know, if there are any entrepreneurs out there in Northeast Kansas who might be interested in getting connected with you guys. Of course, of course. Well, I was definitely inspired. I have to give a shout out to my godfather, Lazone Grays, there in Topeka uh, with International Black Student Alliance. He um, really was inspirational to me growing up and um, just seeing someone that was pursuing their dreams and trying to help um, other people along the way. And so one of the things that he actually introduced me to Glenda Washington there in Topeka. And I started talking with her about what diversity and inclusion looks like in the business community. And I found that um, I had to kind of look outside of my community to find some of the resources that I needed to help grow and scale my business. And so I'm based in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, and there just are not a lot of actually there just aren't a lot of marketing agency owners that look like me across the state. And um, when I went through the process of becoming a certified minority owned um, business through the state of Kansas, um, I really started seeing the representation um, that really wasn't there. And I also was inspired by seeing um different organizations and even Glenda's work in uh, Topeka and Lazone's work in Topeka. Um, I've been uh, meeting with Omni uh, Circle Group. I know that you interviewed them as well, or you interviewed Michael on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So just being able to connect with other organizations and um, leaders across the state that are doing, um, putting inclusion first when it comes to um, the business community and the business ecosystem was really important for me. And I wanted to bring some of what I was learning in other communities back to my community. And so that's how Black Entrepreneurs of the Flint Hills started. Last year, it was a lot going on when it comes to racial and social uh, justice issues and equality issues uh, were really coming to the forefront. They It weren't, wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything new. All these things had already been happening, but because we were in the middle of the pandemic, everything stood still when George Floyd was murdered. And when that happened, it really made us and myself spring into action to see what can we do um, to serve and to make change. And so uh, we started getting a lot of inquiries from the community on where can they find and support Black-owned businesses? And there was no um, directory, really. There was no starting point for people that wanted to show their allyship and support um, when it comes to this racial wealth gap that we're, we can address through economic empowerment, through business ownership. And so mm -hmm. um, that is really how Black Entrepreneurs of the Flint Hills was born. At this time, we're about six, we're about 60 people in the organization, um, 60 different uh, black owned businesses in the Manhattan and Junction City area. And if anyone is interested in learning more or joining us, you can visit us online at blackflinthills.com. 
and you can learn more about the organization, what we're all about. And you can also check out the directory if you want to support any of those businesses. That's awesome. Well, and I had no clue that Lazone was your your godfather, but he has actually been on the podcast before too. Um, we had him on a few weeks ago to talk about digital equity. So I'll give a, a shameless plug for that episode. I saw um, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, you mentioned OmniCircle. Michael Odubatan has been on to talk about uh, that and his entrepreneurship efforts as well. Check out the previous episodes because it's, I mean, Topeka is such a great community. And like I said, I was born and raised in Topeka and visit often my parents um, and my sister, aunt and uncles, grandparents, cousins, all are in Topeka. And so, um, you know, my father and my um, godfather met at Washburn University and Mm -hmm. that's kind of how that all started. And so it's Mm -hmm. just um, been awesome to see his journey and see him still kicking and doing his thing and growing and this digital equity and inclusion. It is, it is, the future, you know, of things. And I saw him as a little girl talking about this stuff with my father years and years ago. And seeing some of these things and these ideas and concepts coming to fruition is just really um, rewarding and, and special to see. Absolutely. Um, well, Sheila, you that about wraps up our conversation today. We've hit the, the main points I wanted to cover. Um, I, I really want to thank you for your expertise. Do you have anything else you want to share with our listeners? Anything else to add today? No, I just know that um, I appreciate you inviting me onto the show. I really enjoyed chatting with you, India. And I just want to encourage anyone that's considering uh, starting a business to just start by starting, like we were saying, Um, And there's such a a good community, especially in the Topeka area where you all are at. There is a great um, community to be able to support you as a business owner. And I just also for people that are already in business that are trying to scale their businesses, uh, social media is really an amazing way to help complement your growth and to help you to grow. And so I would encourage you as well to um, connect with me if you are interested in learning more um, on our website. It's just seg.media. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook as well. It's just SEG Media Collective, and you'll find a lot of free tips um, that we have to offer on our social media as well, just to help business owners and and nonprofit organization leaders out when it comes to um, creating and engaging content and a great social media presence. Awesome. Well, Sheila Ellis Glasper, thank you so, so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, India. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. We drop new episodes of It's Your Business every other week, so be sure to check back here for the latest. As always, if you have any suggestions about what you'd like to hear, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at IAYarbor, that's at I-A-Y-A-R-B-O-R, or you can look me up at cgonline.com and shoot me an email. I'll catch you next time, and don't forget, it's your business, Topeka. Topeka.